Stick around. You may get drawn your name for winning some steak. If you're in the silent auction, we're going to announce the winner of that for the steak. Good morning, PCA. Stand with us today. It's the Sunday before Christmas. Yay! Today is all Christmas songs. All the time. So won't you get your hands ready for praising? Get your voice ready to go? Be loud and strong today, okay? It's your turn. Your song. All day. The PCA. Here we go. Join the world. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let their songs implode. What fields and floods, what fields and plains. Repeat the sounding joys, repeat the sounding joys. Repeat, repeat the sounding joys.
joyous strains prolong What the gladsome tidings be Which inspire your heaven All civil church Gloria In excelsis Deo Heaven and heaven and nature sing. 
Christmas music, don't you? It's the last Sunday before Christmas. We got to pack it all in, all we can in one Sunday. I hope you could breathe about now. If you're lightheaded, you did it right. Amen. How many of you are ready for a little bit of um, Spanish influence? Here we go. You ready? You got to get your hands together and get your Spanish ready. Here we go. Sing it with me. Here we go. Feliz Navidad. Come on. Oh, Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año de felicidad. Sing that again. Oh, Feliz Navidad. Yes. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año de felicidad. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Yeah. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Oh, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. Feliz Navidad. Here we go. Feliz Navidad. Yes. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año de felicidad. One more time. Feliz Navidad. Oh. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año de felicidad. Shout it out. Oh. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Oh. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Yes. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom. Of my heart One more time I want to wish you a Merry Christmas I want to wish you a Merry Christmas I want to wish you a Merry Christmas From the bottom Play that again Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad I forgot to do something, I gotta do it again Feliz Navidad There we go Feliz Navidad Okay, your turn. Here we go together. Feliz Navidad. You got to do it with me this time. You ready? Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año de felicidad. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. Come on, get in the Christmas mood, man. Yeah, come on. everybody like that one more time why not it's Christmas right you got to do it like this Feliz Navidad yeah there we go Feliz Navidad yeah come on oh Feliz Navidad Prospero Año y Felicidad oh Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, 
celebration and singing back in. Amen? And I love all the songs of Christmas except for Little Drummer Boy which is not really a Christmas song. I did have a survey this week that backed me up. I read it. Survey was the worst Christmas song Little Drummer Boy. So I'm I'm vindicated today. Yes. True story. But there was a beautiful night when Christ was born, wasn't it? Light came into a world of darkness. Hope came into a world of hopelessness. Joy came into the hearts of the shepherds because there's good tidings of great joy and peace. Peace that surpasseth understanding. So sing it with me now. Silent night, holy night, Yeah. Hey. 
today we thank you for the gift of your son Jesus Christ it is because of that gift that we have joy in this house today that we have hope in our hearts and and peace in our minds today because of that gift of Jesus Christ it is because of that gift we sing we rejoice we celebrate because you have come to earth to be among us Emmanuel God is with us and you've given us hope and joy and peace In a world filled with darkness, you brought light. Thank you. Thank you for loving me so much. Can you just lift your hands and make it personal and just say, God, thank you for loving me so much. How much love has a father lavished upon his people that he gave his only begotten son to die for us for our sins. Thank you, Father. What love. What love I cannot comprehend. And today we thank you. We celebrate. This is Christmas week, church. Man, I hope you're ready. Those of you that want to and and are able to, we want you to go around and shake hands with people and greet one another. Uh, Those of you who are social distancing, just kind of stay in your place, and hopefully everybody will will honor that. But we're going to go around and uh, greet everybody and tell them we're glad to see them at PCA on the day before Christmas.
Christmas letter contest. We had like 30 people. I started writing names and I stopped at 23, but we easily had 30 people that participated and it was a blast. So staff doesn't win and staff family doesn't, but this, this is art. This is art. So everyone together, it says, ask me about my ugly Christmas sweater. So everyone together, say that out loud and read her shirt. Ask me about my ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> she made that. She made it. She didn't just go and buy it. She made that. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, I have a picture of some of our finalists. You can see they don't play around here at PCA. Right, we had the cute and we had the adorable, we had the funny, but people like really got into what it's supposed to be, which is outrageous. And there was at least another five or 10 that was equally as good. I just happened to catch these ladies and snap a picture, but there was one, was one that shined above all the others with the absolute absurdity, the audacity that this person had in getting dressed this morning is priceless. So come on up, our winner, 2021 Ugly Christmas Letter, Regina Lawson. It's so dark in here, I'm just, I'm believing that you're on your way. I, I don't know. Come on. I know you're coming. You're somewhere. She still could be in the cafe. Again, it's so, it's, can we just pretend? It's dark enough, you can just pretend she's sitting next to you. Just turn to the person next to you and say, Regina, you look awesome. Yes. Yes, she did. She absolutely did. Oh, here she comes. Here she comes. So now they turn the lights on, but we got to turn them back off because she glows. Come on up, gorgeous. On behalf of your family at PCA, you, my darling, look ridiculous. <laughs> we love you. I love you, PCA. Great job this morning. Good morning. I agree with that. She looks adorably ridiculous. Great job, Regina. Well, now's the time for a different type of worship, and that is to give in our tithe and offering. There's lots of ways to give. They're going to put that up there for you, so I'm not going to rehearse all of that. Please get the app. That's important. Make sure you do because it's not only forgiving, but it's to keep in touch with what's going on. <clears throat> but Christmas, if you don't know by now, you don't know. I love Christmas. I am a Christmas freak. I love everything about Christmas. If it had my way, we would start Christmas in July and just keep it going. But my husband says, no, I have to wait till the day after Thanksgiving to start. But anyway, I love Christmas. And I love what Christmas does, for the most part, to our world. I love the season of Christmas because it makes even the Scrooge, Scrooge or the Simeonist Simon, Simeon from our play, if you know who I'm talking about, 
<clears throat> it makes even those people nice. It makes them kind. It makes them less scroogey. And, you know, that is because of the love of Christ. And he, the power of the Holy Spirit through his birth at Christmas time, I believe, just blankets the whole world in his presence and in his peace. And even though it's not perfect, our world is so far from perfect, it's still a great, it's a great world. And God loved it so much that he gave his son. And what a gift. And I thought about gifts. And I'm, I love giving gifts. Oh, my gosh. If I was a bazillionaire, all of y'all would have great gifts. I would buy every one of y'all a gift. I love giving gifts. And I love to give the right gift. You know, you know when you figure out what that right gift is and you give it to that person, it's, it's so much more for you than it is for that person. Because you know when they open it, you can see it on their face. They, you know you've given some people some gifts and they try to fake it. But, you know, you know, oh, God, I missed the bark there. But when you give them a gift that they really like and they really want, oh man, doesn't that just, didn't it just burn your heart up with honey and glove? I mean, it just does. And I thought about our giving to God. And I thought, Lord, do I make your heart fill with honey and love every time I pay my tithes and my offering? Am I giving to you like I give to the people in my life? And if we're not, how sad are we? Because he gave us everything. And he asked us to give our tithe. And it's for a purpose. It's not for, it's not for us. It's not for the church. It's for you. Because when you are obedient and give your tithe, he gives it back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. He gives you back way more than you ever give. And the scriptures tells us that he gives to you as you give. So if you're not getting it all pressed down, shaken together, running over, look at yourself and say, am I giving? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? So anyway, think about that as the gentlemen come to take up our offering. Think about that. Have you given to the Lord to make his heart full of warmth and honey? Father, we thank you for this time of year. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of your son. Jesus, thank you that you were willing to leave your God and your home and come down and be with us and become one of us. Thank you for that. I, I, my mind can't comprehend the sacrifice that you made for us. And, Father, I ask that you would bless each and every one in this congregation today, Lord. Bless them. Bless those that give. Give it back to them. Press down, shaken together, running over, Father. Prove to them your word is true, God. Minister to them. Anoint this offering, Father. Help it to be blessed and multiplied that it might meet the needs of our community, Father, that we might be your hands extended. Lord, do what only you can do, Father. I pray, Father, that you would be in everyone's home this Christmas season. Lord, just let your light so shine through us that we can give the world your light through your power of the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, I ask special today, anoint our pastor, give him a double portion of your anointing, Father. Prepare every heart, mind, and soul to receive your word and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, that was graceful. That was graceful.
I'm sorry. That's my fault. I was supposed to give it to Sean. My fault. I'm so sorry. I'm old and forgetful. APCA family, we have so many things going on. We want to make sure you stay in touch with all of them. To be sure and stay connected, take a look at the following slides. On Christmas Eve, from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, there will be a come and go communion. We hope that you will gather your family. Oh, are we there? Okay. When I talked with Pastor Bardwell last week and he gave me the numbers to bring over today, I was like, uh-oh, I hope I got enough. You guys did amazing to, to give away that much hamburger to people that, that are in need of it. It's, it's a blessing. And as you were just talking about, and tithing and giving, and October 19th when I talk, uh, had my daughter get with Kelly and have Kelly get to me to start this whole process, and she called me, and I, I told her what I was doing, and she broke down that day on the phone. And I was like, okay, I'm doing something right. And that's where this whole thing is, has gone from, and it's amazing. I just want to thank everybody here for what you've done. And let's go feed some people. And, uh, and God is good. Man, he's good. So, and... Uh, I think when we're done, if we can, I'll try to pull my pickup up, bring the ice chest inside. It's a little bit chilly out there. And we'll bring some ice chest inside and fill bags and do all that. Uh, if anybody has any quick questions. Oh, one other thing. I brought wristbands. I'm leaving some to go to the daycare for the kids in the daycare. If any of the families that you all know have a child that would put that on their wrist ask me get them yeah, they may put it in their drawer and not look at it for two years but maybe two years from now when they pull that out they'll go huh maybe I should look this up and see what is this uh, we had a, a conference call two weeks ago three weeks ago and one of the guys gave a package of beef to somebody and it had that long X wrench sticker on the top and the guy looks at him and goes what do you want me to do next? Go get baptized? And he's, hey, dude, if that's what you want to do, go for it, you know. And it was real snobby. And, well, this man gets a phone call a few days later, and he said, because I'm really sorry. I, I looked up that Long X Ranch and the Save the Cowboy, and I listened to some of that guy's sermons. And he goes, that's a real deal. He said, I am sorry I treated you like I treated you the other day, and I'm in. I said, I'm part of this thing. So when you give the beat away, kind of the sticker that's on the beef pointed out don't want to take anything away from pastor bardwell and y'all's church but maybe it'll draw them to this church you know offer them when you take this beef to them offer them say hey if y'all want to come next sunday i'll swing by you can follow me to church walk in with me and i'll i'll introduce you to people because this is one of the scariest places to come when you've never been there when you walk through those doors it's scary but if you can walk in with somebody that's been there it helps. All right. So all we are is here. We're all here to serve one man, and he's up there. So let's do what we can. Thank you all.
pastor gave me the privilege of reading the Christmas story to you. The greatest story ever told of a birth. Do you agree? Praise the Lord that we have this story. You know, at home, we read this second chapter of Luke, the first 20 verses every year, and usually I have the youngest person there that can read, read it, so I can give them a chance, you know, to help them along the way. But Pastor, he, I think he got the oldest guys are here to read this, so I'll do my best. Uh, we've been through this a lot. It's, it's probably the most widely read scripture in the Bible at Christmas time all over the world. And so it's my privilege to read it to you. Second Luke, the first through the 20th verses. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenia was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one, unto his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. You know how far Mary had to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem? I've been there. I think it's about an hour and a half bus ride, something like that. Oh, I don't know, 70, 80 miles, probably as far as from here to Enid or something like that. Can you imagine a lady that's great with a child having to travel that far on the back of a donkey? I don't think we usually think about that when we read that. <clears throat> but it's, it's something for us to consider. <clears throat> to be taxed with to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, and being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were more sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from there into heaven, the shepherds and said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned 
glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And so should we praise God just like they did. Amen. Thank you, sir. Bless you. God bless you, buddy. I love you, man. Love you. Love you. Men. Well, in our house, the oldest person reads the story. There are some people here today older than Fred, so he's not the oldest. But I do believe in leadership in the home. And so today, I've been having this series of messages about Christmas. Christmas is all about joy. It's all about peace. It's all about singing. Today, I want to talk about it. Christmas, it's all about Christ. Christ. And we have a world that is doing everything to take Christ out of Christmas. And today, I want to do everything I can to help you put Christ in your Christmas. And one of the greatest ways to do it, I believe, is to read the story out of the Bible. To take the Bible, open the Bible up, let your kids and family see this written Word of God. And I love it when the leader of the home reads this story and explains it to the children. Every year uh, we have traditions. I think traditions are wonderful, don't you? I love traditions. Traditions are what makes Christmas. So every Christmas Eve, some of the traditions, I could take all day to keep you because it's a two and three day process in our house. But Christmas Eve, I did part of it last Sunday. I got my guitar out. What a terrifying moment for me. I'm sure it was for you too. For me to have you guys call out Christmas songs and me play and sing them with you. Terrified, but we did it. It was fun. We do that at our home. And then Miss Sandy has her little book that she reads twice the night before Christmas. And then I take out the Bible and I read the Christmas story account in the Word of God. I believe we have got to put Christ back into Christmas. This morning, it was beyond wonderful to walk in the foyer and have Miss Ann playing out there all the Christmas. Wasn't that awesome? Oh, man, that lady is so amazing. She doesn't need music. She, does, she just give her the title of a song, and she is just every note perfect. I love that. What an atmosphere to walk into the house of God in. Uh, then when we get in here, we got all of you ugly people today. No, the sweaters are ugly. No, And it's wonderful because it's Christmas, and it's fun, and it's enjoying it. So today, in my message, I want to do everything I can to put Christ in Christmas because Christmas is all about Christ. And so today, I want to talk to you about some ways to put Christ in Christmas. You may say, Pastor, is this a message? Oh, this is a message. I want you to hear it today. Because you can't spell Christmas without Christ. You can't. It's everywhere. And everywhere you look, it's Christ. And I want you to see Christ Everywhere you look, and I want you to tell everybody else about Christ. Because I don't believe in happy holidays. I know that hell hates Christmas. Herod tried to kill Christmas, and ever since then our cultures have tried to kill Christmas. And I, I don't think it's just an accident that all of a sudden there's a rise in COVID cases the week before Christmas. Hell hates Christmas. Hell is going to do everything it can to keep us away from church, to keep us away from family, to keep us away from celebrating, to keep us away from joy and hope and peace. 
But we've got to make sure we do everything to put Christ in Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20 that Fred read. You need to read this in your home. I challenge you. If it's not part of your Christmas Eve, make it part of your Christmas Eve. I was talking to people this week. How do you put Christ in Christmas? And one of them was talking about how they went to an aunt's house and they all held hands and went through all the rooms in the house. And, but the one thing that was always important was this aunt always made them stop, hold hands, and pray. I'm telling you, you never know what kids remember about Christmas. You think they're going to remember the presents. They don't remember the presents. But they will remember a prayer. They will remember reading the Bible. They will remember songs, whatever. But today I want to talk to you about putting Christ in Christmas. And so, how many of you have your homes decorated for Christmas? Good. How many of you have the lights on the outside and the inside? Good. Because everything means Christ. Everything. And so today, if, if you were to take a tour through our house, you would be able to see Christ everywhere about Christmas. And today I want to show you how to explain that to your family, how to get Christ in your Christmas at home. Because we sometimes, well, everybody knows the story. No, they don't. There's an entire generation growing up that doesn't know about Christ. There's an entire grow, generation growing up that my generation had all the traditions, but sometimes we think, oh, that's too childish. We don't want to do this. I'm telling you, it's important to stop a lot of things we're doing and get back to Christ. First thing I want to show you in our house, if you're taking a tour through our house, the gifts under the tree. Man, you know what? Miss Sandy just can't, just can't go wrapping anything any way you want to. Everything has to be right. And I love that about her. I'm a perfectionist. You know that I talked about how you can destroy Christmas by being a perfectionist. But she has my presents this year all wrapped in white with a black and white plaid bow and ribbon. Beautiful. Those are mine. Don't touch them. All of her presents are wrapped in a beautiful solid red paper with this beautiful red and green and plaid ribbons and bows. Those are hers. Don't touch them. The grandkids are at the house. They already ripped their presents open yesterday. They knew theirs because theirs were color-coded like the rest of the families. Yeah. But gifts are important. But you stop and you explain to your family, why do we give gifts? And you talk about it because we find in the Word of God, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, it talks about giving gifts. They wise men, they brought gifts Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they presented him to baby Jesus at the age of two. We need to talk about that. They just don't get gifts because it's Christmas. No, you give gifts because it is Christ in Christmas. We give because we've been given to. John 3.16. Pastor, this is way too foundational. No, no, no. We've got to get this right. For God so loved us. Talk about that in your homes. The love that God has for you and for your kids and for the gifts He's given into your lives. He gave us His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Christmas. It's all about the gifts. It's all about telling our kids why we give gifts. It's not just the getting we have to teach to give. But then if you are given a gift, it's not really a gift until you receive it, right? Somebody could give you a beautiful gift and you don't receive it. It just sits there for a year. 
I remember this great story of a, a young man. He was expecting his car, a car for his graduation. But on his graduation, his father gave him a book about this thick. He told his son, when you finish reading the book, I'll give you this car, brand new car, but you got to read the book first. He said, okay, Dad, I'll read it. But the son looked at the book and realized, this is a big book. There's a lot of words. And so he put it aside. And year after year, he never read it. Twenty years later, he comes back to his father and said, Dad, I was really so disappointed. I thought you were going to get me a car. He says, Son, I was also so disappointed because I gave you a book and you didn't read it. And that book could have blessed your life so much. And the son said, What do you mean? And the father went and got the book and opened it. And on the last page of the book was the keys to the brand new car. Yeah. We've got to receive the gift. It's not enough just to be given, but we've got to receive it. Uh, I love today. We've got everything you want in a service today because today at the end of the service, guess what we're doing as a church? We're giving away hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds of beef to people. Why? Because Christmas is all about giving. But the people we give to have got to receive it. And Christ, we need to receive Christ in our hearts this Christmas. And maybe Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, there's family members that are be in your house. Well, listen, if they're in your house, go Joshua on them. As for me in my house, this is how we do Christmas. And you stop and you give gifts and you explain it. And then you talk about angels. Yeah. Some of you have angels on the tops of your trees. We don't. We have a star. I'll talk about that later. But angels are everywhere in the story of God, in the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. They're everywhere. Angels. Whether you put an angel on your tree or a star, they're both symbols of Christ in Christmas. The angels announced the birth of Christ. Angels appeared in a dream to Joseph. There are angels everywhere. The angels are appearing to the wise men. All the, Don't tell Herod about this. Go another direction. So when you see an angel, maybe you're driving in your car. Ponca City has a wonderful tour of angels. Get the little piece of paper. Take your kids, take your family around to all the tour and find all the angels in Ponca City. It's a wonderful, wonderful hunt. But talk to them about why there are angels in Christmas. It's all about Christ. It's all about angels proclaiming good news, great joy to be all people. And that's why we have the angels. It's not just a good decoration. It's not just some little cute little story or some cute little program. And, and I remember when I was an angel, how many of you were angels in the little Christmas play at church? Yeah. Little did they know I was not an angel at the time. I was an angel in disguise. Because I was that kid that was the pastor's kid and causing terror on all of the people in the church. But for a little while, I was an angel. Bring this into your home. Explain it to your family. Bells. Why do we hear bells at Christmas? What's significant about the bells? Well, bells symbolize the proclamation of the Yuletide season. It's beginning. You know those irritating bell ringers outside the stores? No, they're not irritating. They're trying to raise money to help people who are in need. We can't go buy one without giving some money because we have done the bell ringing at Christmas. Have compassion on the bell ringers, especially when the weather turned cold last night. We were four-hour shifts out in front of a store ringing a bell, singing songs, 
And we would see people walk way around us so they wouldn't feel guilty about not giving. Listen, it's all about giving. Find some coins. Find a dollar, five dollar bill. Oh no, all I carry is hundreds. Wonderful. <laughs> I've met a few of those people that all they have is hundreds. I would buy lunch, but all I have is a hundred. I don't think I want to break it. Could you catch lunch for me? Sure. You don't have to break a hundred. Put the hundred bill in there. They'll ring that bell really hard then. But the bell is important because in the shepherd's life, in the shepherd's life, when a lamb would become lost, the first thing a shepherd would do would be to ring a bell. For all the lambs, for all the sheep to come back to the sound of the bell. The bell sound would carry through the valleys louder than the shepherd's voice. And no matter where the sheep had wandered, remember I did a whole series on Psalm 23. Sheep can only see about three feet in front of them. And they're not very bright, so they have a real tendency to wander off. Like a lot of people do. At Christmas, they wander off. But we need to sound the alarm, ring the bell, come home. One of my favorite Christmas songs is, I'll be home for Christmas. Maybe you need to call some of your family and while they're on the phone, ring a bell. What are you doing? Are you crazy? Yeah, I'm crazy about you and I need to see you at Christmas because you need to come home just for a little bit. You see, the shepherds knew what bells were all about and that's why bells are so important and the bells also would announce joy in the house of God. When the bells would start ringing, people would start coming. It's time to come to the house of God. Lost sheep coming home. And it was a joyous occasion. The Bible says when that which is lost and found, there's a lot of joy in that house. We need to ring the bells. Today, I have a gift for all of you. I believe in giving. So the ushers are going to give everybody here a candy cane. How many of you love candy canes? I love them. Some people don't like candy canes. I love them because they're Christmas and I can't get it open. So use your teeth. But pastor, I don't know where it's been. We don't know where your mouth has been either, so it'll be all right. Candy canes. Let me say, what's Christ about candy canes? Well, first of all, it's in the shape of a shepherd's staff. Explain to your family, explain to your kids what the cane is all about. It's in the shape of a shepherd's staff. It's also, if you turn it upside down, it's the letter J for Jesus. See, Christ is everywhere. You can't get away from it. Even in the candy we're eating. And then if you'll notice on your candy cane, it has one large stripe. That red big stripe signifies the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for your sins and my sins. Then there's three little bitty stripes. Those three little stripes signify the trinity of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then the cane being white signifies the purity of the paschal lamb that was sacrificed for our sins. So when you begin to put Christ in Christmas, every time your family, every time someone you share this with sees a candy cane, they're not just going to see a candy cane. They're going to see a candy cane that says, you know what? I remember the shepherds in the Bible story. And they had a staff like this. And that staff was used to correct those sheep that were kind of a, a little, uh, you know, 
kind of running off on the range a little bit. And I remember it's also the letter J for Jesus. And it stands for the purity and the blood of Jesus Christ and the trinity of the Godhead. And then your kids will tell some other kids and they'll go, no, it's just a piece of candy. No, it's Christ in everything. Christ is everywhere at Christmas. We just need to see it. We just then need to tell other people about it. And today my whole theme of my message is I want you this week to put Christ in Christmas like never before. Now some of us, if we get a broken candy cane, that's the one to be tossed. No. Take that broken candy cane and eat it because he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. We need Christ in Christmas today, don't we? Plus candy canes are the kind of candy just, you know, You get a little point on it, see how sharp you can get it? Then it sticks your tongue and you just keep going. Well, I'm not going to gross you out with the way I eat a candy cane. But there's a lot of candy canes out there that are not the real deal. I mean, candy canes have gone crazy. You've got cinnamon candy canes. You've got, um, oh, I mean, there's literally hundreds of candy canes. I want to challenge you at Christmas, find the true candy cane. A true candy cane is white and red, one large red stripe and three small red stripes. And then tell somebody. Maybe go to work and eat a candy cane. Go, man, is that a candy cane? No, it's not just a candy cane. What? It's all about Jesus, man. They're going to think you're crazy. But aren't you crazy for Christ? I am. He means the world to me. He's everything. I can't breathe without him. Everything I have, He's given to me. John 10, 11 says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Yeah, Christmas. Christ is everywhere. Even the colors at Christmas. Red. What is red all about? Well, it comes from the holly berries in the first beginnings of the stories of Christmas. Holly berries were red. Holly berries signified that um, it would have immortality. That's the reds. But they were also, if you know about a holly shrub, it's got thorns all over it. It represents the crown of thorns. That's why we have holly and holly berries at Christmas. It speaks of our immortality in Christ. His red blood was shed for our salvation. We live eternally because of His blood in our lives. And then the thorns represent the crown of thorns that was foretelling of the crucifixion of Christ. And life sometimes is hurting people, isn't it? Getting hurt, shedding some blood in our own lives. We need to understand that and then explain it. It's not just red. It's not just green. Well, Pastor, what's green about Well, this also symbolizes eternal life, but it also has this meaning that it comes from evergreens. A Christmas tree is an evergreen tree, and it speaks of the everlasting hope that we have in our life. So when you're putting up the tree and it's bare, you've got a story to tell your family. It's green. Why is it green? Because of the eternal love that God has for us and our eternal life in Christ. It's an evergreen tree. 
red and green. The tree, let me talk about it for a minute. It's not just something in your house. Our tree is so full of ornaments and we added eight more yesterday. Our tradition is every year as a family, we go and buy an ornament. And every year we put new ornaments. And so every year we add, add, add. We're going to get a bigger tree, have to. <laughs> because you can't see the tree anymore. But the tree represents, it's in a triangle shape. Why? It represents the trinity of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's why the tree is shaped like that. It's not an accident. These things bespeak of God's hope in our life. We have eternal life here, but we have a hope, right? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christmas is all about hope. The tree signifies this hope. It's green, it's triangular shape. It shows us, I've got hope, I've got a future. Our family, even though some of us may die here, we will see each other again. And man, that's a great reason to celebrate Christmas. The bows, why are we putting bows on presents? Well, it makes them pretty. Well, it does. My mom was not a great present wrapper. My mom, I grew up with this. I grew up with, how many remember the, the flat boxes you buy at the store and the top of it all is already decorated? Okay. That's the kind of Christmas present wrapping we got as a kid. Mom would buy those boxes, put it in there, put the top on it, and tape it. It's done. I said, we're going to have Christmas different. We wrap our presents. And yes, I went to a Christmas wrapping class years ago. We had a lady in our church that was over Dillard's. And she had, before she became the, the main manager, she was over the Christmas wrapping department. And so she had a class at our church on how to wrap, how to get those corners creased, clean, 45, boom. Not a bunch of this wrinkled up stuff and wadded up stuff where you put tape on the end and try to get it to stick. And... But the bows are there. The bows speak of unity and peace. They represent to us that all of us are tied together in humanity. We're all together, no matter what country, no matter what color, no matter what language we are, we are all tied together in humanity and unity and peace should be our goal. We've got to get there, church. I love this church because we have so many different ethnicities in this church. That's what church should be. I mean, it should be a place for every ethnicity to come in and say, Welcome home. This is where I live. Come on, give God praise for your church. You've got a great church. We're all tied together. We're all in this thing, bowed together. Christ was also wrapped up in that swaddling cloth and presented. He wrapped his arms around this entire earth and said, I love you. I'm going to descend from heaven to earth. Get rid of all of my deity. Why? Because I love you. And we wrapped up Christmas. And that's why we wrap it up today. It's not just to hide the gift. How many of you are present shakers? Confess. <laughs> if you get up in the middle of the night when nobody knows about it, you tiptoe in there, you do you got to confess, raise your hand in front of your spouse, do it. All the kids are in children's church. They won't know your deep sins. We go in there, we pick it up. What is it? 
And so all these years I try to conceal the real gift that's in there. I remember when I was in high school and I went to Sandy's house, her mother and I, they, they invited me over for a Christmas present opening. And, and I, I want, how many remember clock radios? AM, FM clock radios, okay? All I want for Christmas is an AM, FM clock radio. So I go over there and they've got this present. It's this big. And I, and I go to pick it up and it weighs like 15 pounds. That's my present? Yeah. Her mother had put all these big old bricks in the bottom of this box. Ugh. And so I opened it, and then I realized there's another big present over there in the corner. The thing's huge. And her mom said, that's yours too. Oh, I forgot to tell you what I opened up in that box. AM, FM, clock, radio, right? Getting that right gift for Christmas. Then there's this big box over there in the corner. She said, oh, by the way, that's your box too. That's your present. I'm like, what in the world? So I'll go there, and I start opening this box, and when I get ready to, to pull the thing open, Sandy jumps out of the thing. <laughs> Greatest Christmas present ever. <laughs> but we wrap, we put in bows because we're all tied together, church. Don't think you're in this thing alone. Don't think God doesn't love you. He wrapped his arms around this earth because he loves you. Generations have got to keep this going. Herod tried all he could to kill all the boys two years of age and under. He slaughtered them to try to get rid of Christmas. Take Christ down. And today it's even getting worse in our societies. Our kids, a lot of our adults don't even know what Christmas is all about. They think it's about just spending a lot of money. I had a family this week call me so excited. Pastor. I said, what? We did it. I said, what'd you do? We bought all of our Christmas. It's all wrapped. It's under the tree. And we are not in debt. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've been preaching that for years. When you open up your presents, don't be in debt. Some people pay off Christmas a month before they start buying the next Christmas. Don't do that. Because it's not about going in debt. Christmas is not about going in debt. Christmas is not about getting kids everything they want. My goodness. Christmas is about Christ. Well, my kids won't appreciate it if I give them Christ. It's the only gift that never stops giving. When they stand before Christ in His presence and He welcomes them into His family, they're going to thank you in heaven. I remember the Christmas, I didn't get this, but I got Christ. It's the best time of the year to present the gospel salvation message. Do it in your homes. Make sure your kids know about Christ and they have Christ in their heart. Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? No greater thing than for a mom and dad to lead their children in the sinner's prayer. No greater experience. Yes. I could not have planned that better. And he's clapping now. Yes. We've got to be diligent about this. We've got to wish people a Merry Christmas. It's time. This week you can do it. Merry Christmas. It'll catch people off guard. You've got to read the Bible to them. Make sure they understand this. 
Every miraculous event that transpired during and after Christ's birth, we've got to put it in our homes this Christmas. Everything. Sing songs that have biblical foundations at Christmas time. Make cookies with symbols. That's another one of our great traditions. We get everything spread out on the island. All, I mean, we've got so much stuff. We've got all kinds of little beads and all kinds of little colors and all kinds of everything. And there's hundreds and hundreds of these things. And you decorate your own cookies. We don't eat them because they're nasty. But the fun is decorating. And we have Christmas trees and stars and, and holly and, and ornaments and all those things. Why? Because we're teaching our kids about Christ. And now we get to teach our grandchildren about Christ. So when they, they pick one of the shapes, guess what Poppy does? Talks to them about the shape. What's this about? Oh, man, we've got to give our world Christ. Our world needs Christ. If you don't know what to do, Christmas Eve, come up from 6 to 7, share communion with Sandy and I and your family. It's a beautiful, beautiful time. You can come in, take a seat, wait for your turn, come up. We present communion to you. We pray with you and then you take your family off in a part of the auditorium and you sit down and you explain communion to your children and you have communion with your kids. It's a beautiful, beautiful time. It only takes about 10 minutes maybe. But what a wonderful tradition. We've got some of you that are doing it every Christmas Eve and you're shaking your heads. Yes, we're not going to miss that time with our family. We've got to take this and put it in our homes. Christmas is a time of celebration. Our world needs Christ. John 14, 5 through 7 says this. Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. In our world today, there's, there's all kinds of proclamations that you can get to heaven in a lot of different roads that you travel. I'm a preacher. I'm a full gospel preacher. And I'm going to tell you there's only one road that leads to heaven. And that is through the door of Jesus Christ. No other way. No other way. People try to make it another way so they can do whatever they want to do and live however they want to live and be whatever they want to be and say it'll be all right. No, unless we have the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our life, when we stand before God, He will say, depart from me, I never knew you. I don't want that to happen to one person. And that's why we've got to have Christ in Christmas. It's the time when it can be the darkest. I've told you, hell hates Christmas. And I believe hell comes out in full force. Suicides go up. Family disturbances go up. Shootings, all these things go up. But also, you know what goes up? The level of light shines. And it shines through you. You and me. We are the light of the world here. And so this morning, the ushers are about to get ready to give you one more gift. Because we are light. Christmas is all about light. Filling darkness. John 8, 12 says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, He said this. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John chapter 1, verse 1 says this. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In the Greek, that is a powerful message. It says there's God is light. He brought light into this world. And light cannot defeat, be defeated by darkness. Light cannot be defeated by darkness. Darkness cannot overwhelm light. Light always dispels darkness. But there's got to be light. Light. And you are the light. I talked about earlier that angel or a star on the tree. The star, we have a star on our tree. And as soon as it gets dusk, that star comes on. And it's at the front window of our house. I want everybody driving by to see the star. Because the wise men followed that star two years till they found Jesus Christ. Light. I talked about it last Sunday. When one angel showed up and proclaimed to the shepherds that Jesus is being born, it said, and then there was the heavenly host. One host, stratia in the Greek, means a means literally the number of stars in the heavens, that equals one host. The Bible says now there was a multitude of hosts. The reason why Greek writers wrote the word multitude, it was the largest word they had of number. So what they're saying is the number was beyond count and comprehension. Light. Christmas is all about Light, let your light so shine among men that they will not be in darkness, but they will find their way, follow the light to find Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It took the the shepherds a shorter time. They found Jesus in the manger, but the wise men two years later found him. I love it because they didn't stop their journey now I want you to listen to me if you have a spouse or if you have someone that you know is not saved and you've been trying and trying and trying don't grow weary I had a lady in my church for 15 years she had been coming to the church and every Sunday she would say pastor pray for my husband pray for my husband I want him to come to church 15 years. Every altar service, she was the first one there. And her only prayer was pray for my husband. One Sunday morning, Sunday before Christmas, he gets up and he looks at her and he says, Honey, are you going to church today? She said, Well, you know I am. He said, Well, you better hurry up and get up because it's going to take us a little longer to get ready today. And he got her up. And he brought her to church. That morning, he ran to the altar and gave his heart to Christ. And I saw light. His wife was beaming. He was beaming. I believe when we are in the presence of God, Moses was in the presence of God when he came off the mountain, he was beaming. I think we ought to be able to be distinguished among those in darkness, don't you? We have light, light. And so this morning, you've been given a candle. 
Light starts with one person. Starts with one person. But when that one person takes and gives their light to somebody else, they put it out. <laughs> you got to be careful who you give your light to. There's a whole message in that. I won't go there. But they give it to somebody else. And so this morning, I'm going to come and give light here. When you receive that light, you pass it on to somebody else. Because you see, this world is filled with darkness. And the only light that's true light is you. So when you get your light, you share it with someone else. Until everybody here has a light in their life, we cannot stop, church. We can't stop. Until everybody in the world understands and hears and sees and knows light, we can't stop. Once your candle get lit, would you please stand? You probably already get it that if you don't guard your light, it can get snuffed out. I have found that if we are staying in a world of darkness too much, our light can get dim. Our light can go out. I've had some people at Christmas time who are the Grinchiest, the Grouchiest. And I know they haven't been in the presence of God in a long time. Because when you're in the light, you reflect the light. How many of you woke up this morning and saw the most beautiful moon in the West today? Did you see that? That was incredible. The moon has no light of its own. It simply reflects the light it's been given. Today our job is to reflect the light of Jesus Christ in our lives at Christmas. If we could go ahead and cut all the lights out under the balcony and everywhere, because I want us to understand how significant a light is in darkness. Darkness. Because this world is filled with darkness. And you've got to let your light shine this Christmas. You have got to help me put Christ in Christmas. Because Christmas is all about what? Christ. Christ. He is the reason for joy and peace and hope. He is the reason for singing. But at the foundation, it's Christ. Give the gifts. Understand the, the bows and all those things. Share it with your families, friends. Make sure your light shines among them. Like I said, go all Joshua. As for me and my house, this is how we celebrate. This is how we bring in the birth of Christ so this morning I want you to sing some songs with me your light and let's put Christ in this Christmas like never before I want us to sing that beautiful
him silent night, holy night together. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child, now I want to ring the bell is there anyone far from Christ today I want you to hear the bell of him calling you come home get close don't wander off in this world so if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal savior this is your moment this is your time to make sure Christ is in your heart more than any other Christmas. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need Christ. I need Christ in my Christmas. Would you raise your hand right now where we're at in this beautiful setting? Yes, thank you. Anybody? Yes. Thank you. Anybody else? I'm ringing the bell today. Come home. 
told me so far off. He wraps his arms around you and loves you. He wants to give you peace you've never had. Joy that's unspeakable, full of glory. And hope. Thank you. Church, there's no better way to end this service than a prayer. Can you pray this prayer? Everyone in this house, pray this prayer. To help those who lifted their hands not to feel like they're the only ones praying. To give them confidence in the presence of God. Would you pray this with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I hear the sound of a bell. And I'm coming home. I accept the gift, the free gift of salvation. I accept you into my life and into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins and wash me white as snow. I want Christ in my Christmas. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I know we can't clap our hands, but can we just give a shout of praise right now to God? Hallelujah! Hallelujah!